Welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads, a podcast all about beer from a West Virginia perspective. I'm Erin McCoy, here with my podcast partner, Charles Bakwe. We're at Big Draft Brewing in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, and they have just opened, I think, this week. And anyway, it is an impressive place. We're here in the brewery, in the brew house, actually. So the noise you hear in the background, it's a working brewery. People are busy making beer. It's brewing. I hear it bubbling. And there's all kinds of other things happening here. We've got uh, two guests with us today, Aaron. J.W. Grossclothes, who Hello. is, yeah, the brewmaster here. And then we have Dave Barron, who is the head brewer here. How are you guys doing today? Yeah. So we might first start off, guys, with uh, J.W., could you and, and Dave kind of just quickly explain your roles here in the brewery? Yeah, so um, we just got finished building the brewery. <clears throat> and so for the past year and a half... Our roles have essentially been whatever needs done, you know, whether that's plumbing, a lot of plumbing, uh, digging drains in, pouring concrete, um, you know, everything you see around here, our hands have been on it. Now um, we've shifted from construction, uh, aside from just a punch list, uh, to production. And, you know, Dave and I work pretty well together. We make a good team. Uh, We do it all. we, uh, you know, mash in, brew, uh, do all the cellar management, uh, package the beer, and uh, really anything else around this facility that needs a man's touch. Yeah, I was just excited. I never seen a startup on a brewery. I just was thrown into one that I just got to go brew, do whatever I had to do. And it was nice to see this from startup, like Jay said, laying on hands on everything. And I'm really excited right now that we're in production mode. Um, I put my hammer and my tool belt down, so it's kind of nice. Yeah, and, and like JW said, there's a lot still happening here. You're still building out, finishing all the final details of the indoor and outdoor facility here. But you can see it's far enough along that it's very impressive. Give me a quick rundown what a visitor will find that come over here in the next few months. So we've got multiple DBAs here under one roof. Um, From Main Street, when you come in, you'll uh, enter through, uh, or you can enter through uh, our coffee shop and cafe. Uh, It's called The Local uh, Cafe, and they do coffee, uh, espresso, you know, all your macchiatos, cappuccinos, anything you want on that end. grab-and-go breakfast uh, and lunch. Uh, They've pre-prepared, you know, several different entrees for for that kind of thing. Somebody uh, headed to the woods or, you know, on a trail or biking, you can pick up your wrap and get your caffeine and and head out. And then in the evenings, what's been real popular, they do uh, homestead creamery ice cream. And so we get a big rush of kids and families uh, eating ice cream. Uh, It's really good stuff. Um, and then moving, th- moving on from there, um, we've got uh, Cross Creek on Main, which it's our goal to do a couple uh, regional uh, concerts uh, by regional acts uh, monthly. Um, so that sounds like it's a, uh, more of an event part of your, of it, your uh, operation. It is. Um, you know, I think that space uh, alone is about 7,000 square feet. Um, it's, uh, 
we'll cross utilize it as a banquet space or seminar area. You know, there's really nowhere in town um, uh, that is that versatile. Um, we've already booked it up in through the fall um, for lots of different things, fundraisers, you know, things of that nature. Um, and then uh, if you um, move back from there, you'll enter uh, the pub. Um, Yay. <laughs> which is why that's, we're... That's why we're, we that, came, really. Exactly. That's why that's we're, why we're here. here. <laughs> um, and so we, we wanted to do something a little different, something, you know, original and, and maybe hadn't been seen at least around here and so we've got one heck of a, a food menu one heck of a kitchen and the the culinary team um, you know from the pub you can look in and, and see us brewing um, opening day was actually a week ago today last Saturday we were in here cranking out a batch um, it was cool to to see the uh, engagement from the consumer uh, one of the great things about craft brewing is uh, getting that gratification that instantaneous consumer feedback um you know we appreciate it um so outside the pub we've got a covered dining area and an uncovered deck and then a huge beer garden that is about an acre in size yeah it's fantastic uh, anybody that gets over here will be impressed i'm telling you it's better than anything we have larger than anything we have in charleston or huntington as far as this kind of space it's amazing uh, it's going to be beautiful thank you not to mention the green space you were talking about building out earlier that's going to go all the way to the street right? right yeah hopefully before winter that'll be completed yeah so that pretty much sums up the actual physical facilities you're going to find here. It's a great brew pub. There's restaurants attached. There's event space. There's a big outdoor beer garden, all kinds of uh, deck space here also around the beer garden. And that, it's, a, it's a knockout place, Aaron. Agreed. And so let's move on to our next question. Let's talk about the beer that you brew and your brewing philosophy, as in, Talk to me, describe your motivations and what you try to accomplish with your brewer's art, so to speak. Hmm, good question. Um, you know, I try and look for inspiration um, in obvious places, I guess. Uh, some of the best beers I've brewed have come from uh, long-standing flavor combinations. Uh, for instance, one of the beers that we have on draft now is a Bellini Berliner Weiss. And so, you know, that cocktail if you will has stood the test of time and um, honestly it came out pretty good as a beer um, so it's a it's a peach Berliner Weiss uh, no hops at all uh, soured in the kettle with lactobacillus um, fermented out and then uh, aged on 150 pounds of peaches Sounds fantastic. And one we, we heard about when we were at the Greenbrier recently. So it's, it's definitely out there as it, far as being known. It seems to be a fan favorite. All right. Well, so you talked about that one. You have, I think, two other beers on tap. You right. want to tell me about those? Probably the one that we have on draft now that I'm most proud of is the Bow Red. Uh, technically, it's a Czech Amber Lager. Um, we call it a Bohemian Red Pilsner. Um, and so <clears throat> it's... The, the target color was, you know, that that elusive blood red ruby color. Um, got close. We'll fix it next <laughs> I was time. Say, did you get there? <laughs> in in our pilot batches, we nailed it, scaling up. Uh, we get, didn't get as much color extraction as we wanted, but it's real close. That's and, all right. Trial and, and error. Trial in the right and light, 
it's almost there. <laughs> um, and so it is hopped uh, more heavily than your traditional Pilsner. Uh, we ma uh, mashed it uh, with a schedule that it, we intentionally dried it out. Uh, and the goal is a lot like with uh, the black IPA, if you will. Um, you know, I'd, I'd heard that with that beer, you should be able to maybe close your eyes and not know it's black. Um, and so that was my goal with this beer was if somebody could close their eyes, they would think they were drinking a Czech Pills. Um, and yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It does have some malt backbone, mm -hmm. um, but it's elusive. Okay. Well, with those three, do you expect those to be sort of your flagship or, you, or any of the three you're going to always have on tap or what's your expect, expectations, I guess? I, I expect the Bow Red will remain on draft. Okay. Um, the Bellini seems to be, it's not going anywhere either. Um, the other one is the Savon Saison. It's a Saison uh, kettle hopped and dry hopped with Nelson Savon to give it that Savion Blanc kind of character. Um, you know, it surprised me the response it's gotten. Uh, I don't really like it, um, <laughs> uh, but a lot of folks do. So That's good. That's all that matters. Dave likes it. Um, it was my design. Um, I, I was like, Dave, let's dump it. He was like, this is good beer, man. And so we kegged it, and, and you know, apparently the, people like it. The folks love it, yeah. That's great. So what about some one-offs? Do you have any one-offs you're expecting to have? I've got all kinds of one-offs we're, we're <laughs> well, going to have. Yeah, I mean, you have 16 taps out here, so we, yeah. we, need to, we, we know there's going to be a few more standard beers you guys are just dying to make and probably already yeah. have in the tank here. Yeah, so you want to tell them, Dave, what's in the tank? Yeah. Let's hear about that. Uh, we have five beers sitting in tanks right now. Actually, four. I'm sorry. Um, we have an American Pilsner, so, and my thought, like, way back was every time you go to a craft brewery or you're working at a craft brewery, what's the question yeah. that do you, you have, get? Do you, do you have, have a, anything that tastes like Bud Light right, or exactly. Michelob Ultra? Exactly. So we're going to accommodate that customer and... And say, I no, think, but we have a Pilsner. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to go off great. Um, we also have um, a Banger Double IPA. Um, and we are also just about done fermenting our Sudsies Extra Pale Ale, and we brewed our Noctes Ramonas. It's a dark Belgian. We just finished that. We just yeah, we just finished that up yesterday, and I think next we're looking at brewing a. We haven't agreed on everything yet, but possibly a <laughs> he, honey oatmeal over. stout. As far as uh, a new recipe coming on, I think it's going to be a um, bourbon barrel aged uh, oatmeal stout. Um, we're looking at probably sneaking another run of Bow Red in before it, just because that lager takes a, an extended fermentation period. I know just now with the back and forth, you said, well, we haven't agreed. How do you agree on what you're going to make and whose who's final decision is that? Or are you just, is it a joint decision? How does that work? Uh, <laughs> I, I think more or less, yeah, I, I've planned it out and I'm not saying it's right, but um, we, we try and I guess we don't necessarily try. We're shooting from the hip. You know, we, I've got a pretty good idea of what I think um, is going to differentiate us from uh, the pack uh, and at the same time uh, give the customer something they haven't had before and give us a good variety. Uh, something for everybody is kind of my goal and to be outstanding but to be different. 
Well, you sound, sounds like you've got a great variety going on. That's exciting. Thank you. And for some of at least a partial subset of all those beers we just heard about, are you planning to do any canning here? That's a big a popular item, at least uh, in the craft beer community. Yeah, sure. It's it's in the, the works. Um, we haven't popped a deposit on a line yet. Uh, we're actually, uh, we've got a lead on a good used one. Um, which, you know, is kind of my M.O. Yeah, that's going to lead me into this next question, though. But let's finish this uh, before that. Let's finish this right. idea of canning. So what would you hope What uh, this quarter, next quarter? I mean, how soon before you, you'd like to pull the, you know, yeah. get, that in, get that done? I'd like to get the ball rolling this year um, and then hopefully by spring have it in operation. Um so that we could hit next summer hot and heavy with, you know, I really don't want to do any cans distribution uh, wholesale to retailers. Um, I'd like to push them all off the dock or out of my tap room. Um, but we do have some clients who have reached out like the golf courses here in the community that want some special beers um, just for them. Uh, there's a few opportunities like that. Uh, so we'll, we'll put some beer in cans for folks like that. So let's uh, now move over and talk about some of the ways you have acquired your equipment here. I, I know you have a variety of equipment, and you have quite a story behind most of it. I mean, run me through quickly in your brewing equipment and your brew house how you got a hold of all that stuff. It was an interesting story. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was a job all in itself. Um, so the idea was to set myself a budget and then try, try and stay as close to that budget as possible. So originally when I saw the square footage of the space allotted for production here and the demographics and what we could expect to sell out of this tap room, I started shopping for a five or seven barrel system. Uh, and there just wasn't a lot coming up that suited me. You know, a lot of uh, combo mash tun hot liquor tank uh, pub systems were popping up. I don't really like those. Um, and so this thing popped up one day, and uh, it caught my eye. And, and you talked about what it was that popped up, though. I mean, yeah, the, so, details on that. So we got our, our brew house is a specific mechanical. Um, it's three-vessel, 10-barrel um, system. It's steam-fired. Uh, it was originally commissioned for Benchmark Brewing in San Diego, California, who unfortunately uh, went defunct. Um, but... Um, uh, it, it came available uh, through a third party, and um, we popped on it. And it's you know it's it's beautiful, it's functional, uh, it's it's serving us well. Um, so yeah, that that was kind of the start. Uh, now let's find some tanks and uh, the rest of the supporting equipment. And so we got our meal from uh, a brewery in New Hampshire. Uh, great North L works. Uh, he was actually expanding and got a new mill and, um, you know, got a stellar deal on that. Uh, we picked up our 10 barrel tanks, uh, from a brewery in Georgia. We picked up our steam boiler from, uh, a brewery in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, and so it's just, you know, it's kind of, my brew house is named Francine cause she's gotta be a girl, but, it's um, kind of all over the place though. That's impressive. Yeah. I like to say we Frankenstein this thing together. <laughs> that, that's well said. But I think that's a, it's a, that's an interesting story that I think a lot of our craft beer community in West Virginia will appreciate that you could actually put together a nice 10 barrel brewery by piecing it together with used equipment, sure. good quality, a lot of it very new 
relatively new. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the great thing about stainless steel. If you take care of it, it lasts forever. Yeah. Now, it's an impressive uh, build. And so what would be, say, your total fermentation space now? Uh, as far as barrels, barrels of capacity? Of, yeah, capacity? Yeah. So sorry. we have currently we have three 10 barrel tanks and two 20 barrel fermenters. Um, and so that's 70 barrels of space right now. I'm looking and I've plumbed in a, a glycol drop to expand uh, to an additional 10 barrel tank um, and get us to 80. So you also got a uh, keg cleaner, automatic keg cleaner? Yep, it's a Premier Stainless three head semi-automatic keg washer. Um, yet to be plumbed up, but it's in the works. And uh, you probably had to buy a new glycol chiller and all that. Yeah, we went we went new with some of the things. You know, it's one of those things. Um, glycol chillers, you want that warranty. You want that uh, c customer support. Yeah. So you have, how big is your uh, cold room and where you store your beer? Yeah, so we actually added a loading dock onto the back of the brewery here through that garage door. And I think it's about 800 square feet of cold facility, um, which... Houses our packaged beer, uh, also our hops and yeast, and then it also is where we send our uh, draft to the tap in the tap room. We've got a 75-foot long draw, uh, glycol chilled uh, uh, draft system uh, that runs under our, under our, where we're sitting. So you, you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but as far as distribution goes, that's you, you, you don't expect to go through retailers. If you distribute it all, it's going to be self-distribution. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Um, um, as far as packaging or, or what you would first distribute, what, what do you see as your first beer that you would say, hey, we're going to put this out to the market? Yeah, so I, I'm seeing good demand right now. Are people inquisitive about Bow Red? Um, okay. You know, uh, we've got plans to get some sixtals of that up to Lewisburg probably next week. Oh, wow. That's pretty quick. So will most of your packaging currently be in sixtals, or do you probably putting half barrels for your own brewery and stuff? But will you plan maybe to distribute some of those halves if, if there's a demand? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, right now I'm hesitant to do it. Uh, like I said, we're playing from behind and probably will be for, for a while. Um, I don't want to get beer. Uh, out in the marketplace and run out here. So, right. Well, right. You got to catch up. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, I know earlier you were starting to explain your restaurant operation here in the brew pub, and and I said we'd get back to that. So it's now time to get back to that. I'm curious if you could tell me about what the food service will be like here, what visitors to Big Draft can expect on the food menu. I think we've got something like 40 different items on our menu. Um, Small plates, shareables, um, some appetizers, um, and then entrees, uh, some sandwiches as well. We've got a killer burger. Uh, we call it the brew house burger. Uh, it's got a over medium egg on top, bacon. Uh, what kind of cheese is on that thing? I don't know. It's good. <laughs> it's good. I, I noticed. Um, I'm a vegetarian, but I noticed on your menu you had a, a cauliflower steak. Oh uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah. That, the, that sounds or looked like it would be fantastic based on the description. Anyway, that's. I think that's great that you've got a vegetarian option. Yeah, th there's a couple I think, or at least a couple different sizes. But um, the you know we've seen a good response from the vegetarian dishes. Also, a large portion of our menu is gluten free as well. One thing I wanted to uh, mention on the food, too, is that this, the owners here of the brewery, and uh, I know the, this block that, that you guys have developed, 
you also have a barbecue restaurant that people can get barbecue and probably enjoy that while they're here. Let's give it a little talk because we hear that's a pretty good place. Yeah, sure. So our sister uh, company is Road Hogs Barbecue. Um, the locals love it. The tourists love it. Uh, they do a good job. Um, the uh, the mighty fine brisket sandwich over there is is one of my favorite sandwiches. Sounds good for those barbecue fans out here. Get over to the Road Hog. It's next door, right next door to uh, the brewery. JW, could you talk about your outlook on the overall West Virginia craft beer market? How do you think we're doing? I think we're killing it. You know, I think we've got uh, a high bar to live up to. You know, these guys um, have really set that bar high. And so, you know, we're confident. in our ability to produce, you know, world-class beers, I think that's every brewer's goal, um, and we'll get there. Um, we, we've had a few bumps in the road. Uh, startups, startups a pain. Of course, that's got to be expected. But um, yeah, the overall West Virginia industry, you know, it's it's getting better and better as the legislature uh, comes along to accommodate us. I think it'll even. Um, it, it'll, it'll shock a lot of people at what we're capable of and how creative we can be. Which is kind of where I was going to go next. So where do you see opportunities as a state for us to improve things? Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing for me personally would, would to have the ability to contract brew. Um, you know, Greenbrier Valley right now is operating a little under their maximum capacity. And so it'd be a win-win if we could go up there and it's just right up the street, lease a tank, brew our beer, package it and sell it here. Um, You know, they get paid a lease, we get beer that would take us a week to brew here or more uh, in in a shift. And so, you know, I I think that would be a a huge plus. Yeah, sure. And you know, Virginia has been doing it for years. Um, I think we could follow their lead in a lot of ways. Uh, They're, a real uh, craft beverage centric kind of uh, legislature there. Dave Barron, I'm just wondering, do you have any thoughts on that too? How we might improve things um, or what one, should be targeted? One thing, um, I was speaking with Chuck Johnson yesterday, and one thing I would like to see is the brewery to brewery collaboration in West Virginia. They won't do it right now. Virginia's been doing it for years, like JW said, with other things. And it'd be great just to pair up with some other breweries in the state and make just some excellent beer. To do that. Just make excellent beer with right. another brewery and get it out there. Now, that's true. That's something that I think should be high on the list because you hear that from a lot of the breweries around the state that they'd love to work together on projects, right. but they can't. The difficulties of getting those approved by the state have, have stopped a it, lot of that. I guess they're in the works with it, so we'll yeah. keep our fingers crossed yeah, and you hope for hope it. So. <laughs> right, guys. I know. Uh, Y'all have been involved in other breweries. Dave, you worked at Greenbrier Valley. Yes. Uh, it, uh, we both were there. Yeah, so. JW at Greenbrier <laughs> Valley, too. Met both of you there, I think, right. a couple of years back, I guess. And and I know, uh, JW, you've also been involved with a small brewery down in um, Virginia. And I know you've seen the difficulties these breweries go through, whether they've been able to make it or not. Uh, personnel changes, the shifts that, that happen. I mean, the can shortage that's hit Greenbrier Valley. I mean, the, there there's like potholes around you know uh, the craft brewing industry what gives you the confidence that you guys can pull this thing together here in white sulfur springs well our model is uh and and as you can see by our facility is to get people in the door um as you know the 
the profit margins on draft beer out of your own faucets, it's hard to lose that game if you've got people here. Um, and so that's kind of our projection um, is that the majority of our beer will be sold at a higher margin here on site. Um, you know, we looked at the P&Ls and uh, Pro Forma and at significantly underneath our maximum capacity here, uh, we're flowing positive cash. So, uh, you know, you crunch the numbers and confidence in our ability to make great beer and one plus one equals two, you know? We hope. <laughs> yeah, but it's still not a walk in the park, I guess. Uh, I mean, have you have these experiences you've had through the industry kind of tempered what you or you just think it has, has educated you, I guess, about things that could be out there and how you look ahead to anticipate issues that might come that today you didn't even isn't happening? I mean, yeah. So shortages in the supply chain or logistics, you know, that's huge right now. I know when I was first ordering malt, scrambling to get uh, the first brews in the tanks, uh, we were facing an extended lead time. Uh, just on grain shipment. Um, and so it forced us to really shop around and, and find a supplier that could get it here quickly. Um, you know, so you, you have those things that can come up and you just, I guess you gotta be resilient and creative and just roll with the punches. Um, yeah, I think we're, we're prepared to, to take on whatever comes at us. Great. Let's uh, talk for a minute about the ownership here. I know you're a partner. This is uh, JW is a partner in the brewery. And talk about your other partners and, and how you guys got together. Yeah. So um, the other two partners are David Bostick and Clay Elkins. Uh, David has a couple businesses here around town. He's been here for a while. Um, he actually is a partner in uh, Approved Builders, which is the construction company that built this place. Um, and then Clay is the third partner, and he's really uh, the food guy. You know, he's, he's uh, responsible for designing and building out this enormous uh, functional kitchen uh, and has done a good job with has, it. Did he actually craft the, the menu itself? Did he come up with that as well? No, we, we let the, the chefs have creative freedom. You know, we gave them feedback here and there, and, um, you know, they, they kind of blew our minds with what they came out with. It, it, it's exciting. I mean, from what we saw, it's a, a lot of different options, like much more so than you would expect at a brewery. So, Aaron, what do you think? Should we taste a few of these beers he's got, he's been telling us about? I think we should at least check that color of that red. All right, let's do it. Are you ready? All right. Yeah. Okay, we're over doing a little beer tasting right now with Dave Barron and uh, J.W. Gross Clothes at... Big Draft Brewing in White Sulphur Springs. So we were talking earlier, JW, about that uh, red-colored beer. That red Aaron. beer. And it, it is quite red, although they're going to tell you it's not there yet. But by, by my standards, it looks pretty red. So we're going to taste it now. I want you to lead us through this. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So uh, like I said before, it's a Czech amber lager, uh, bohemian-style red pilsner. So it's... Uh, bittered uh, and kettle hopped exclusively with uh, Czech sauce and um, the idea was to uh, brew a red beer uh, with a good level of malt backbone to uh, support that hop bitterness. Uh, it should finish out, clean up nicely, dry out. Uh, we use some uh, dextrinous malts in it. Uh, it's actually got eight different malt varieties uh, in this recipe. Um, 
to give it uh, yeah, the dextrous malt was to give it good foam stability, head retention, uh, and lace your glass nicely. It's got definitely a lot of malt. I, I like it does finish clean, like you said, but it, it, there's a lot of flavor in there for sure. Yeah, yeah thank you. Talk about the uh, maybe the contribution you think that the yeast has given this beer, if if, if you could. Yeah, sure. Um, so the yeast uh, variety that we chose uh, is a lager yeast. It came from uh, Imperial Labs, um, and it was just you know I think it. Do you remember the name of the yeast strain? They have some funny names. Uh, in any case, it's you know it's a German style uh, lager yeast, uh, just to ferment out uh, really clean, um, and so really no characteristics from the yeast. You know, no esters or phenolics present. What's the uh, ABV on this beer? It's 5.1. Ah, nice, solid. Yeah, and talk maybe a little bit too about the way you tried to get balance between the malt and the hops. Yeah, so knowing that we were using some dark malts to achieve the color we wanted, um, it was going to, if we used a traditional mash schedule like you would with a pale ale, um, it was going to be too cloying potentially. Um, and so we wanted to dry it out. So we mashed it at a lower temperature uh, to get it to ferment out a little further. Um, and also dry it out on the finish like we discussed. Um, given all that, you wanted to leave a good, good amount of body in there. Um, and so that's where you, the hops came in. Uh, so our kettle hops uh, and then whirlpool hops uh, give it enough of that alpha acid charge to offset that malt uh, sweetness. Well, I can definitely see why this is one people like and want, and want to have. I mean, this is, this is delicious. Thank Fantastic you. job. Appreciate it. Okay, you've heard it. We have uh, Big Draft Brewing. We're here with the guys. want to thank you, folks. Uh, thank you a lot for having us over and tasting some beer with you, showing us your brewery. An impressive thing, Aaron. Uh, and I think that about wraps it up here. It does. Thank you so much for your time. This has been fantastic. This is an impressive place. And for anyone who hasn't been here, get over here. Thank you, Charles and Aaron. Good to see you guys. Thank you guys very much. This brings us to the close of another podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast host. Thank you for listening to West Virginia Beer Roads. West Virginia Beer Roads is a production of BrilliantStream.com.